And over the last two months, I've asked WWE to relook at my case. And they sent me to the best neurologist all over the country. And all of these neurologists, every specialist, every doctor I've seen has said the same thing, and it is this. You are cleared. They don't have too much on their plates. The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade. They'll talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. We want to smack down. 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 On a day where news was broken that for many wrestling fans out there, it may have broken the internet. In the case of One Way Ting, the internet has in fact broken in the <laughs> Ting household. Welcome, Way. We are back here. A rare in-person rewind to SmackDown. It, it broke the internet. It broke my television as well because uh, none of those things happened to be working in my house over the past uh, 24 hours. How have you lived? It no was, TV and no internet. Yeah, you know, it was actually quite quite drastic, quite different. And uh, maybe we don't have the exact stats might have been the busiest day in our site's history. Uh, possibly, yeah. Maybe other than the first day, but it was certainly a big, big news And day. we did a lot of stuff. We did a bonus show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you put out a number of updates. Um, it, it feels like uh, quite the long day. So um, a very in, uh, inconvenient time to not have the internet. Yes. So we had to make alternate plans because Way had no way of watching SmackDown. No. Nope. And... We realized this was going to be a pretty big episode. We had to find a way for Way to watch SmackDown and 205 Live. So, so what did we my, do? My home was not an option because I have a seven-month-old child that that would just not have been doable. So my parents' house became the rescue. Our location, Way, we showed up at my parents' house, <laughs> watched SmackDown, Watch the Mixed Match Challenge, which mm-hmm. is actually the first week I've actually watched this thing live. And then we watched 205 Live together. My mom prepared coffee for us. Yeah, she was very nice. What a night. Co- coffee, some biscuits, uh, milk. She knows her son well. Yes. No cream, milk. She said she was going to make us some coffee. And then I walked downstairs and she's got this elaborate tray put together. I'm like, Mom, you've gone to way too much trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice of her. But uh, unfortunately, we couldn't record the show at your parents' place because they have to sleep. Yes, it would have been very loud. And thus, we have now made our way back to <laughs> Wei Ting's internetless house, yeah, so TV-less house. Simply to use this space to record. Yeah, so we've been all over the city to get the show out into your ears. I hope everybody is relishing every second of this show because the amount of miles driven, the gas that has gone into this show... The fuel, it's all here for you, folks. Second show of the day, third show in 24 hours. Don't sleep on post-wrestling because we're never sleeping. Yeah, kind of true. So, I, m- might I add the, the dichotomy way between my parents' house that we just left where everyone was asleep when we left and we get to the Ting household. And it's, it's like noon here. We're all on. Everyone's up. Lights yeah. are all on. 
a party here. We run on a different schedule, and I, 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 I love it. I, I maintain that we're probably all still jet lagged from twenty years ago when we first moved here. Well, don't even fight it at this point. Yeah. It's, it's the irregular hours are. You probably get so much done. Jeez, it'd be thirty years. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have lots to discuss. Um, I woke up today, way, and by noon, I thought that we would be talking about a lot of football tonight. We've got a uh, a rival league to the XFL that is being launched by Charlie Ebersol, the son of Dick Ebersol, and Charlie was the director of the 30 for 30 documentary, This is the XFL, which, because of the family connection, he was able to bring Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon together, made the documentary, and of course the infamous scene is Dick and Vince seated at the table and throwing out the possibility of the return of the XFL. And what an interesting story this will one day, uh, I'm sure, be told publicly of how now Vince McMahon and Dick Ebersol are both involved in separate football leagues to try and counter the NFL with the uh, Alliance of American Football, the AAF, that the Ebersols have launched, uh, locking down a deal with CBS and they will get a head start by a year over mm-hmm. the XFL. Yeah, wow. Right? I mean, I wonder how much uh, Vince knew about this. And this is, this could be the start of another WCW-WWF type of rivalry. This is... I find it really intriguing. Because Vince McMahon and Dick Ebersol have been business allies going back to 1985 with mm-hmm. Saturday Night's main event. And mm-hmm. I'd be really curious how all of this... Um, came together that mm-hmm. I am certain that Vince McMahon was aware of this. I'm certain that the Ebersols were aware, and I'm sure that maybe it, whoever's idea came first, um, my guess would be if Charlie Ebersol was really fixated on this idea, going forward with a football league, would Vince McMahon be a positive or a negative to your business plan? Mm. Do you need Vince McMahon for your football league? I would argue no. Yeah. Um, they're... You know, as of today, they look to be in a much better position, although mm-hmm. making some of the errors maybe that you could argue of the first XFL, that they're going to put this together within a year. Mm. And I'm still hardly convinced that you can put together a competitive league to the NFL. But the key is they've got a television deal. And based on what the financials of that are, that kind of will determine things. I'm not I'm not a football fan. I don't know what the market is like for secondary league football out there but i mean i if there are so many people competing over starting something i guess it just shows you maybe what the landscape of of television is right now there's still a big clamoring for sports live sports and there will be games on the main cbs network as well as on the cbs sports network so um the xfl that's their biggest hurdle is finding a television deal and Mm -hmm. this cannot I would say help matters when there's an alternative with a major force in television and Dick Ebersol, who's part of their board of advisors. That's what I thought we would be we would be discussing heavily tonight. But of course, the bigger story is the announcement of Daniel Bryan being cleared to return to the ring, which was announced earlier in the day by the WWE. And now that we have watched SmackDown, what did you think about the WWE's decision to uh, beat everyone else to their own story and announce it ahead of time? Um, do you think it was just smart strategy to build the audience for tonight? I I imagine this is going to be close to 3 million, if not above 3 million viewers for SmackDown. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also the argument that they kind of killed their own thunder in terms of 
being able to do something really out of left field on television with the announcement of Brian's return. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm, I mean, I understand the strategy and I think I, I would have gone with the stra- strategic route by uh, announcing this earlier in the day and getting eyeballs onto your actual show. Because by the time you watch the show and you come out of it, I'm not dissatisfied at all with what I watched. You know, sure, could they have surprised me with this uh, and made it very memorable? Yes. But I didn't come out of this unsatisfied. And I feel like you could satisfy most of your audiences by announcing this beforehand, getting them to watch, getting that number, but still delivering a good product at the end of the, the night. Yeah, I didn't really have an issue with how they they put it out there. Yeah. And, you know, I know a lot of people, they look at the way this whole feud has been structured. I think you have to look at it. And this is not me with like an you know, like um, knowledge of what led to all of this. Mm-hmm. But I think it's pretty clear that they felt, figured Daniel Bryan, there may be a possibility. And I think the angle was structured as such that... They built in a contingency where they were not promising Daniel Bryan. And Mm. I truly believe that this clearance happened over the last day or two Mm. because you would not have waited till three weeks out. Like they have a very short window to get all of this in place, Um, not even announcing the match on Tuesday night of his involvement, just shooting the angle for it. Mm. Like this is crunch time. We are two episodes to go until Mm. WrestleMania that... I feel this was right down to the wire of whether he would be cleared or not. He did. And now they're proceeding forward, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think the surprise that they did keep from people was the fact that he would get physical on this edition of SmackDown. I could tell you 24 hours ago, I did not expect to have just seen Daniel Bryan deliver a German suplex or all of his drop kicks on SmackDown. Or an apron bomb. Yes. Yes. I forgot about that one. (laughs) There was a lot. There was a lot of physicality with Daniel Bryan on this show. We shall get Mm. to it. Uh, But this was night number two at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, which what a what a back to back series of shows they got here. They got Mm. to see everything minus the ultimate deletion. They didn't get to see any of that. So the show starts off with a package of Bryan's retirement from two years ago, going through highlights of his career, the WrestleMania 30 win. And then it cuts to Renee's breaking news update today. Um, they they did not have the rights to ours, so there was no audio of that. Um, announcing that he had been cleared to return. And then the show starts off with Daniel Bryan coming out. And maybe this was uh, a tribute to the Raw General Manager. We had jeans, t-shirt, and the the old axiom of just put a blazer on and it can make any outfit look presentable. It's what he usually wears, isn't it? This was this was a Daniel Bryan. Uh, you know, he some he sometimes has the button up shirt, but anyway, uh, he comes out and he announces that something horrific happened to Shane McMahon last week, as there was a collective. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you guys very much for that warm, genuine react reaction. But first. Something horrific happened to Shane McMahon. Yes, a cold-blooded attack, which there seems to have been no shortage of on WWE programming of late. He states that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are not here yet, and then talks about his retirement being one of the hardest days of his life. There were times he was depressed, but he just focused on being grateful. He got angry, he got mad, and he mentions his family, his friends, and his great fans, and said it was his wife, Bree, that told him to fight for his dreams 
and encouraged him to go out and seek specialists. The crowd started chanting, thank you, Bree. And he said at one point he wanted to quit. And instead, he fought forward. He had the WWE re-examine his case, and he went to neurologists around the country. All of them cleared him, and he thanks the WWE and their doctors who looked at him as a person and not simply as a wrestler. And he doesn't know when or where he will return as he looks up at the WrestleMania sign, and the crowd starts pointing at the sign, and they chant yes to end the segment. Uh... This was a tremendous, tremendous promo from Daniel Bryan. Uh, yeah, and again, like just just like how when we talked about his retirement when he did that, I'm very hesitant to even call things like this a promo. Like this was just, and Bryan is probably the best at doing this. He's just a man speaking from the heart to a public audience who adores him. Uh, I I mean, there's not an ounce of corporate speak or or pretension in his words. The guy is, is, is doesn't feel uncomfortable getting emotional in front of a camera. And everything he says, it just makes him such a likable person. And that's what makes him such an, uh, an incredible babyface outside of, you know, how great of a wrestler he is. It's his ability to convey his real genuine self to a, to an audience. He is immediately the top babyface on either roster. Oh, my God. In like a in a in a in a day. He's suddenly now the biggest babyface active wrestler in the company again. So uh, I'm, I'm very happy for it. I think every wrestling fan is happy for it. I wonder when the the crew, the writing staff, knew about this. And do you think they had to, to rejig this show that much? Or, or is this something that they would have known about? I mean, I'm, I'm sure by Monday it was probably circulating because they had to have this show ready and I'm sure that they had kind of the heads up of what news was coming on Tuesday Mm -hmm. and I would think anyone part of that creative staff just looking at the television I can't imagine it was some some very guarded secret that this is how we're booking things and Mm -hmm. it was never like my my guess was that their contingency plan was that Shane would just team with somebody else Mm -hmm. but if they get the Hail Mary clearance reversal then it's open-ended for Brian to return. Mm-hmm. Um, Someday I would love the backstory of, of how this whole thing went down, and I'm sure we would get it. I'm sure it. you'll get it. the next Maybe on Total Bellas. It's one of the things with Daniel Bryan that I would encourage a lot of wrestlers to look at their credibility out there, because when Brian speaks, I think people assume that you're getting the truth out of this individual, whereas mm-hmm. most wrestlers, you know, they're going to lie about facts, they're going to accentuate certain things to make it more of an entertaining story with Brian, I'm certain you're going to get the complete open-ended story from him uh, some point over the next month of Mm -hmm. this entire interesting story of what the last nine months of his life entailed trying to go about this. Yeah, really. Backstage, he runs into Charles Robinson and he asks him to send Owens and Zane when they arrive. And then Dolph Ziggler walks in and says, welcome back. I can't wait to beat you. And Brian says, you can try. I really like this. It was antagonistic, yet warm. You know, it was like it was like Dolph's way of saying welcome back. You know, like uh, I'm not only happy for you, but I'm looking forward to competing with you. So I, I kind of like like this little interaction. 
I almost want Daniel Bryan to be walking backstage, and maybe Kurt Angle too, where they just have Andre the Giant stickers, and they can, as a guy approaches them, they just put a sticker on them. Battle Royal, Battle Royal. <laughs> you could have done that to Dolph here. It's like, oh yeah. Well, they could do it with the, the graphics, can't they? Yeah, like a big stamp graphic over mm-hmm. top of their head, because yeah. that's what I saw here during Dolph Ziggler's segment. Yeah. AJ is seated at ringside, identified as the United States champion. This I poor know. guy. Man, no respect anymore. Hmm. Uh, looks like WrestleMania is a go for AJ Styles. He has avoided uh, serious injury. So the match is going forward. And I've got to say, what an afterthought this Styles Nakamura match felt on this show, which maybe everything felt like an afterthought on this yes. particular show. But we're two weeks away from this match. Yeah. And I don't know if we are going to get the the promotional muscle behind this match that people were anticipating and i think they're very much going with your theory way that there's an audience that is they're sold on the match and there's very little creative for this match which maybe in a weird way is a good thing that they're not going to overly produce this feud but it's been underwhelming for me for a major title match at wrestlemania of what they've done with these two right yeah yeah i i agree with you uh if you're looking for the television to accentuate and amplify your hype surrounding this match i don't know if they're doing a very good job of it uh, but that hype is already there. That, that anticipation is already so high that by come WrestleMania, this will still be probably my most anticipated matchup that I'm going to see. Now, they can't really do promo battles because it's Nakamura, but... Rap battle? <laughs> uh, art battle? Surf battle? But I'll tell you what they can do, and that's video packages. You know, they can do video packages all day long with these two, talking about their history... Uh, talking, just introducing us again to, to who Shinsuke Nakamura is, who AJ Styles is, for all we know about him. I mean, they talk about how this guy has been waiting 20 years for this moment. But ever since so night, and ever since WCW went out of business. Yes, yes. Uh, so I, that's what I want to see more of in the coming weeks. Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura had a rematch on this show. Rusev landed a spinning heel kick. They went through a commercial. Nakamura hit him with a knee to the rib, set up for the Kinshasa, but Rusev avoided it with a drop toe hold. Nakamura then went for the arm bar. Rusev rotated over, but then got cradled, and Nakamura caught him with the pinfall to win. Afterwards, Aiden English jumped in, and they double-teamed Nakamura. Styles casually got up and just observed, and Nakamura fought them off before Styles even needed to get involved. Mm-hmm. And then they met backstage afterwards, but... Um, just kind of a presence for the two on just television. A just to remind you, hey, they're having a match. Uh, but I would say more so, I mean, I'm not so worried about Nakamura and AJ, but Rusev felt like a nothing here. Like he, no Rusev. They, they've extinguished chance. so much of what I was mean, there two months ago. I, I am getting concerned that they might have missed the boat on that. I think but, they have. I'm not saying it's completely gone, but that, like he was coming out and... You you are not getting that kind of reaction any longer. No. Like this is not a this is not a slow moving audience when they see who they yeah. should get behind or not. There's no role for him at Mania. I imagine he'll get a good reception in the Battle Royal, but uh, I feel like it's not you know it's not a lost cause at all though. I think what he's got going for him is very much like what Daniel Bryan had going for him originally. He is, I think, to the audience somebody who's been neglected, and they're going to continue cheering for him. If they continue to put him in these neglected roles, I mean, putting him against Nakamura is not going to elicit that type of reaction. But if you have him, if they, if their plan is to job him out to like 
Jinder Mahal or something. And you're, you'll, you'll hear plenty of backlash. I'm not saying that's the way to push him, but they can replicate that and you can almost kind of heat the guy back up like that. Rusev winning the Battle Royal and carrying that trophy around, doing curls sure. with the trophy, doing yeah. like military presses with it all over. Uh, not the worst idea yeah. of... Uh, who stands out that you have this battle royal? Like, give it to somebody that mm-hmm. can gain anything out of it. And I think it's much more, this battle royal win means nothing. It's all in the winner making it feel important. No, why don't they make some stakes attached to this battle royal? Not necessarily a title shot, because, I mean, that's the Rumble's gimmick, but something, right? You know, like, just to add something to this battle royal. Like, they, they treat the battle royals like they're really just kind of... I don't think a title shot's an awful idea. No, I mean, the, the it's always a tough spot being the post-mania challenger mm. of, at least make this feel important. Like, you don't yeah. always go with, like, a big post-mania ch- title challenger. Yeah. Take someone in the battle royal, they win the battle royal, they go on a run on TV, and yeah. you do a match. I don't think that's an awful idea, but there there should be something. You're right. With how limited the spots are this year on, on WrestleMania, or almost any WrestleMania, it seems, like, your battle royal rosters are actually not that bad. So, I mean, rather than try to treat these battle royals as sort of like the, the, um, the stew for all the, your leftovers... You can actually, I think, promote it as something special, something important, featuring, you know, a number of actual stars. I mean, I'm talking people like Becky Lynch and Sasha and Bailey now, you know, who at least have some semblance of storyline heading into it. I think you should start doing that with almost all these people. What if it's something even a, it's a guaranteed spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match? I mean, it's just it's something. anything, you yeah. know what I mean? I just yeah. think that a straight-up battle royal, you almost... These guys are already in the slot of, you know, the Andre the Battle Andre Battle Royal. You're kind of stigmatized already. Mm-hmm. Um, you're fighting for nothing. It was funny later where they're talking about what this Battle Royal has done for the likes of Cesaro and Baron Corbin and Mojo Rawley. It's like, yeah, they're, what a murderer's row uh, you have here of the winners. Afterwards, Asuka and Charlotte, there was a video feature on those two and their match at WrestleMania. And Charlotte is backstage watching this. Uh, maybe it was airing on delay because she was still tr- uh, fixated on the screen after the completion of the mm-hmm. feature. Natalia walks in and says it's only time before the queen bows down to Oscar. Natalia says she's better than both Charlotte and Oscar, and she should be the one facing Charlotte at Mania. And Oscar's only undefeated because she's never faced her yet. And Charlotte says, well, you can face me tonight. AJ's backstage and Nakamura meets with him. He did not need AJ's help, he explains, and he will beat him with a knee to the face. Knee to face. Knee to face. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania. Underwhelmed. Well, um, this, yeah, right under that Ronda Kurt Angle f- video feature. <laughs> no, it's a tricky, tricky uh, uh, match to build, but I, I mean, I didn't hate this. I, think that, I just want my Nakamura video. Yeah. Can, can I they just do that. I have mean, my video? There's two more weeks. I imagine you'll get some type of video package, but they need some type of live live thing. And I, I don't, I really, I don't hate the idea of just having him have this catchphrase need to face, you know? I'm, I'm, fine. I'm kind of on the ledge on it yeah. because the other side of me is they could go all in and they could diminish interest. Like, I don't want these two mm-hmm. just doing every other feud and... And diminish it. That maybe you just leave it alone. Don't screw this up. Mm. They're going to have a dynamite match, yeah. and the match is what people will remember. They're making the match feel important. They're making, like, what I do enjoy about it is that they're, the focus is on the match. The prize is on the match. It's not about, you know, um, 
uh, AJ calling Nakamura fat or something like that. It's the issue is about the title and it's about the match. I guess the title less so, but it's more so about the match, the wrestling match. So uh, it's not about a guy running over somebody else. It's... The Rock Stars live concert next week on SmackDown. No, there's nothing like that. It's and so by the end of it, it'll be perfectly fine. Baron Corbin versus Ty Dillinger. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner, Baron Corbin. Oh, yeah. You and I got uh, derailed. Uh, this was a rare night where me and Wei watched together, mm-hmm. and we just started... How did you enjoy that experience? Uh, it was fine. I'm I'm self-conscious that I talk too much, that uh, I feel uh, I bother you. No, not at all. I mean, I just have to focus on the match, and so do you, right? Yeah. So, so it's actually quite quiet. It's It's... It's not as much fun as people might imagine. No, we're like, very we're very dull. I, part I, of me, part of me, also wants to uh, try not to talk too much because I want to save our conversation. For I, agree, show. I agree. I uh, agree. But we really didn't talk about this match. We just talked about Baron Corbin's year, which it's been quite the year when you think about it. Uh, going back to last year, what has he done? Remind me. Please. He was on the kickoff last year with Dean Ambrose. Yeah. He won Money in the Bank. He oh yeah, lost it in embarrassing fashion. Uh-huh. Losing to Cena at SummerSlam. And beyond that, I think that this year has largely been a bust for this guy who doesn't... I don't know if I go there, man. Cause he, he's, is he in a better or worse spot than last year's WrestleMania? Well, he's proven that he can hang with the main event. Okay? Uh, he's been, I, I he's been in a number of those six-mans. You know, he can't main event a show on his own, no. But he doesn't look too out of place. Not as out of place as, say, as say like a Jinder Mahal. And I'm talking to in-ring. We're, that, that's a very low bar. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I would say he's gotten better in ring, but not necessarily in this match, perhaps. Well, apparently him and Dillinger will be part of the Andre Battle Royal, so that's his destination for mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans. Corbin clotheslined him to the floor, and Dillinger avoided the chokeslam neckbreaker, or backbreaker, and then inside the ring, Dillinger comes off the turnbuckle. Corbin catches him and was supposed to hit the end of days, but lost Dillinger. So to improvise, he just tossed Dillinger to the floor, brought him back in, and then hit the end of days to win the match. Mm-hmm. Like a reset. It like, was. Like your, um... I mean, to his credit, he didn't instantly no. redo the yeah. end of days. He threw him to the floor first. It's like hitting the refresh button on your browser. Clear, yes. Clear the ring. And restart it. We did have to do a few times. Yeah, we did, yeah. Do you, do you see much for either of these two after WrestleMania? Baron Corbin, for instance. I could see Baron where they they renew his push after WrestleMania. Maybe he gets moved to Raw. Um, I, I don't see him being pushed at a top level, yeah. but feuding with, like, a Randy Orton, yes, I could see that. Oh, I could God. see him going for a secondary title. I hate that feud. Jesus, there's so I, I don't know what it is. Way like, is so disgusted no, with this Orton program. There's just this like mid card that I just get so sickened by, and usually the constants are like a Jinder Mahal or a Randy Orton, and I would throw Baron Corbin in that mix too, where just like they can do. Man, I mean, if they have some great matches, if they have some great storytelling, then okay, then that I'll change my mind. But I'll throw Bray Wyatt in that mix too, where like any combination of these guys just. Does not interest me all that much. My question is where your Baron Corbin's, like these levels of guys, Mojo's, and there's there's Dolph, many of them. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph I'll put in there. Where do all those guys fit in after WrestleMania when not only do you have probably a handful of call-ups from NXT, but you have mm. 
Jeff Hardy coming back. You have Big Cass coming back. Yeah, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's coming back. Bobby mm-hmm. Lashley might be in the mix. I know. That's a lot of fresh all, faces. All your NXT call-ups, too. Like, you're yeah. having these call-ups from NXT, but it's not like you're eliminating spots on the main roster. You're just clogging the main roster with more names that mm-hmm. it's just not sustainable that you have all these different people. And Nobody you... wants to talk about it, but... At some point, they're going to have to do another round of cuts, I think. I mean, and it's unfortunate because I would say a lot of these guys haven't been given a fair shake at trying to get over it. I'm looking at people like a like an Apollo Crews. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are just so many people coming up, and honestly, more people that I'm more interested in seeing getting pushes. So what do you do with guys that, that have been around, like your Ty Dillingers, who have been around for years but aren't necessarily, necessarily going to reach that higher level? And if you're, you know, you're going several steps uh, ahead here, but looking at their TV deal, like if this Fox thing becomes a reality mm-hmm. and you're looking at the possibility of Raw being reduced an hour, that's going to force them to mm-hmm. eliminate a number of, of guys and women that you just can't sustain this level of main roster slots when you have a one less hour on Monday night, potentially. Mm-hmm. So Charlotte and Natalia, non-title. Charlotte's knee gets driven into the mat, and then Natalia's stomping her down. Charlotte comes back with chops. There's a discus clothesline attempt, but Charlotte catches her with a boot. Figure four gets blocked, and then Natalia knocks her off the turnbuckle, hit a spinning powerbomb for a two-count, and then applies the sharpshooter. Charlotte gets to the rope, and they go to the floor. Charlotte hits her with a spear, applies the figure four inside the ring, and then they trade slaps. They go into the ropes, Charlotte keeps the the figure four applied, and then Natalia stops her on the top, hits a superplex, Carmella's music hits, runs down with the tease that she's cashing in her briefcase, but gets caught with a boot from Charlotte, and with Charlotte distracted with Carmella, Natalia rolls her up for a pin and defeats Charlotte, somewhat surprising that they beat Charlotte here. Uh, I thought a pretty good match here between these two. Yeah, it was It was actually... I mean, at one time, this was, you know, a big matchup in, down in NXT. It's also notable that this was the second Hart versus Flair match I watched this week. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, look at that. Because coming up... 26 on, years apart. Coming up on Rewind Away this week, we are reviewing Smack'em Whack'em, a Coliseum home video containing Bret Hart versus Ric Flair, the match where Bret Hart won his first WWF championship. That's correct. We will be reviewing that later this week, yes. and uh, I would say that match was better than this one. This um, match. Yeah, a bit better. But I'll say the reaction was certainly better of that Flair versus Hart match, because this one, while technically the match was very good, there was a very low reaction for it. The crowd just didn't seem to be into it. It almost felt like a 205 Live reaction. Um, the Carmella tease at the end, Phillips suggests that Carmella and Natalia were working together mm-hmm. in order to, uh, you know, I guess have Natalia win. Like, what was Carmella going to do if the cash-in actually went through? Were, I guess they would have been working together that way? Or, yeah. or would Natalia have been eligible to win the title like that? Carmella was confident that Charlotte would re-energize herself and stop her okay. midway. I always like their, their cash-in teases. They don't do them too often, so when they do do them, like, it's exciting. Um, you know, I think... Charlotte losing, perhaps the idea is to introduce doubt in her mind, just as Natalia was saying in that backstage skit, you know, about how you can't beat Asuka because you can't even beat me. But I I feel like they're trying to introduce Charlotte as sort of a an underdog here, you know, against the unbeatable mythical they are. Asuka. And they kind of are now introducing the fact that she's not only got all this pressure to beat Asuka, but in the back of her head... Carmella could show up. So yes. I think they you want that 
that in the back of your head for the WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. So um, I imagine they do a rematch before WrestleMania over one of the next two weeks. Yeah, I feel like you have to. I mean, I really don't like seeing your the champion take any pinfalls three weeks out of Mania, but, uh, you know, if it helps the story overall, I'm willing to wait and see. Tom Phillips says that Shane is at home resting from last week's attack. And then we had the Mixed Match Challenge promos from Miz and Asuka and Braun and Alexa. And they're promising. Asuka's streak's going to end tonight. It's not gonna, not even going to make it to WrestleMania. It's ending on Facebook tonight. Yeah. I'm. Uh... Facebook has got some very bad publicity this week. But being the home of Asuka's streak losing would What's not be... What's the news? Oh, have you been following, following really. the... Uh... Oh, it's, it's a very long story about... Um, Facebook and this analytics site that apparently uh, sold all of these different profiles of people who signed up for this like personality profile and it exposed them to like 50 million users um, traits and personality uh, information that was sold during the last election campaign. Jeez. Oh yeah. It's a big story. Uh, I believe the outlet was Cambridge Analytica, I believe is anyway. Okay. So anyway, that's be careful what information you give out. There. Oh yeah, don't don't divulge. Yeah. No one should be on Facebook anymore, really. Yeah. The Usos came out. Uh, they were selling all their injuries from the Bludgeon Brothers, taped up shoulders and whatnot. They discuss a rivalry with the New Day. They state they are two of the best teams of the past decade. The Bludgeon Brothers got involved and injured them, but they're still here. All they know what to do is survive and go hard. And they are the best team the WWE has ever seen. And it doesn't matter how badly they are injured and what percentage they are, as Jay counted down from 100% to 10. I I don't know when these guys became this charismatic. Like, I know they always had it behind the scenes, but now they've gotten so comfortable with it, translating it onto TV, and they've been so consistent with it that, I mean, I almost forget a time when they didn't speak and, and they just wore face paint and did nothing. Came out, did their dance, yeah. uh, their... But, like, as far as tag teams go, um, I mean, obviously you have the New Day who maybe are... But I, I almost... I think I enjoy the Usos more than the New Day's promos. I'm trying to think who... 100%. Yeah, who are... As a team, who who's a better promo right now than the Usos? I mean, the Revival, maybe. But they haven't really had a, had a chance to show it. So, they're some of the best promos in, in on SmackDown. And I don't know if I, I'm... You know, I could say in the company, but... They're one of the more natural speakers they've, in the whole company. Hey, they've been one of the best acts in this entire company over the past year. Um, they've been great. Uh, Jimmy Uso took on Luke Harper. Uh, Rowan distracted Jimmy at one point, and then um, Harper ran into the corner, uh, ended with Harper just hitting a lariat and pinning Jimmy relatively clean, and mm-hmm. didn't get the official announcement of the tag title match at WrestleMania, but I think everyone's assuming that is one of the many three ways at Mania. Yeah, yeah. Then, Way's big segment. Jinder Mahal came out with Sunil Singh, and he says that the people boo him because they're hypocrites. With his physique, he could be the biggest star in Bollywood. Which I imagine he'd get some big offers in Bollywood, wouldn't you Wouldn't you say? I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on that. Uh, uh, I don't know how well he could act. I don't know how well he could wrestle, but it's taken him this far. I guess so. so I, I, yeah. I feel he could get by fine. He has quite the physique. He's interrupted by Bobby Roode. And Roode says that respect is a two-way street. Mahal doesn't deserve any. 
The only thing he deserves is Rude beating him at WrestleMania and winning back his title. And it will be absolutely Randy Orton and Trump's. Leaving us at the edge of our seats. The multidimensional Bobby Roode. He says no one respects gender. His name is never listed amongst the greatest champions ever. Calls Sunil a stooge who sucks. And Mahal then throws Sunil at them as he runs off. Orton hits a draping DDT to poor Sunil and then sets up for the RKO, but instead Rude interrupts, hitting the glorious DDT to sing. Orton then blocks a glorious DDT and Rude blocks an RKO. And crowd did chant RKO at this. Mm-hmm. Um, I no. know this is your least favorite Mania match coming up. I mean, I I, I actually enjoy Randy Orton a lot uh, when I think Randy Orton is used effectively. But, uh, yeah, like, do you disagree, John? Like, what other match are you looking forward to least than this one? Like, I'm looking forward to the Battle Royals, I think, more so than this match. Oh, it's probably equal. Oh, These, those three matches are kind of a low level of interest. And I'm kind of, the women's one I'm intrigued to see because I think Bailey and Sasha are kind of interesting yeah. stuff going on. But this is, this is the, yeah, this is the lowest rung of Mania. To me, this just feels more like a TV mid-card match than, than anything that feels like it'll peak at Mania. And uh, I don't think the match itself will be any any special, but... You know, give me, like, a nice RKO spot, and I can forgive everything. Will this be among the top ten matches at WrestleMania? You mean, like, last ten? Like in, in No, order? I mean in terms of quality. If you had to rank um, them 1 to 14, will this crack the top ten? Hmm. I think it will. Well, who would you put beneath it? I think the Battle Royals won't be anything great. Okay, um, sure. I don't think that you're going to see... Strowman and Cesaro? Like, if you're talking about enjoyment... Versus, like, technical quality. I'm not sure. I think this will be relatively forgettable. Then they announced next week it will be Bobby Roode and Randy Orton against Jinder Mahal and Sunil Singh in uh, wherever city they are next week. (laughs) Becky Lynch and Naomi took on Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan. Naomi did her kicks, missing Liv Morgan, and then drilled her with a knee. Becky comes in. She runs headfirst into the turnbuckle. They double-teamed her. Becky gets a reversal, sends Logan over the top rope. Logan comes back, knocking Naomi off the apron to keep Becky away. Becky counters a suplex into the disarmor. Naomi comes in, taking out Morgan with the rear view, and Sarah Logan taps out. And all these women are in the Battle Royal. Yeah. The WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Mm -hmm. Brian's on the phone. Owens and Zayn have arrived. He is told, and he says he will meet them in the ring for the final segment of the show. Brian is out. Introduces Owens and Zayn. They come out. They were not going to show up tonight because Shane's gone. But then they raced over here when they heard of Brian's news. They even sped above the speed limit. She shouldn't do. They insult the people in Texas for being dumb. Zayn thanks Brian for being their biggest supporter and that good things happen to good people regarding his clearance. And any roster with the three of them is the dream show and they are the dream team. They recap the attack on Shane from last week. Owens admits they got carried away, but Zayn says he did kind of deserve it. Brian explains this attack was a big deal. You are two of the best performers in this generation, and Shane was right. He was living vicariously through the two of them because he's known them for 15 years. And he asks them to imagine 10 years ago, inside of an armory in front of 300 people, imagining 
you two being announced for a singles match at WrestleMania, which Shane granted you last week, and then you still felt the need to assault your boss. Brian just doesn't understand. He then explains he's been fired twice from this company, and he returned a better man. And he announces that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are fired. And the people cheer. And Owens then attacks Brian, knocks him down, and yells at him, you did this. They double-team him, and then Brian tries to fight back. He delivers kicks to Owens. He suplexes Zane. He hits running drop kicks to both, landing on his neck. Like, which, like four of them, like what he used to do. Yes, like we, full for, speed. For all the conversation we might have had about, okay, like let's just put things into perspective, okay? Before these 24 hours, we... I almost feel feel like it would have been journalistically irresponsible of us to speculate about this what Daniel Bryan would be doing upon return to, to in-ring wrestling. It was just like that unfathomable. Okay, the news comes out this afternoon, and we spent some time talking about, well, he's certainly going to limit his style. He's certainly going to be a lot more conservative and a lot more safer. So heading into this show, first of all, I didn't expect to him I didn't expect to see him get touched at all. I uh, felt you had to on this angle. By the time they did the angle, yes, sure. But, okay, at the most, yeah, okay, maybe he gets shoved. Maybe maybe Brian puts on a yes lock or something. I certainly did not expect the guy to be doing these drop kicks, to be doing a German suplex, and to be to be taking the, the spots that he took at the end of this match. But that said, I mean, it, they wouldn't have cleared him if they didn't feel confident that he could actively wrestle and do a full match. So... Maybe it'll show you what we're about to see at WrestleMania. Yeah, this was like a man who had just been like uh, practicing like celibacy for two years, and <laughs> exactly. here was his orgasm. This was like, yeah. You remember like when when Sean came back for that first match against Hunter at yep. SummerSlam? Like seeing Sean, who took several years off due to a career-ending back injury, take a a a backbreaker onto a steel chair is like an image that I'll never forget because my expectations were so low for any type of uh, anything any type of back um I don't know uh every attack. spot of that SummerSlam match you were so concerned because mm-hmm. you were led to believe that this guy cannot be doing yeah. any of this. And that's how I felt here, to the point where I almost wonder if they should have held back a bit on the amount of damage that they inflicted on Daniel Bryan here. But They did a know, lot. They, they did, did a lot here. And it was a great moment. It really was. The crowd went nuts. Yeah. Like, this was full-on babyface comeback by Daniel Bryan. He even does the, the yes kicks. And then Zayn tackles him down. Owen super kicks him. And they hit a haluva kick, which I, can, I cannot imagine the pressure on these performers that have to do simulated contact to his head and just protect this guy. Could you imagine being the person that just slips an inch? If it's anybody I trust, though, it'd be these two. Yeah, and And I think they should be very careful. Um, Completely. You know, he's gotten these clearances, but nonetheless. Well, I mean, you're also talking Kevin Owens, who, you know, headbutted a 70-year-old man here. Well, that and, was just crazy for many reasons. But, you know, I think they're the types who are like, hey, if you say it's okay, I'm going to do it. And you know how, how I wrestle. You know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to treat you any differently from somebody else. They took Brian to the floor, and Owens power bombed him on the edge of the apron. And it ended with Brian being placed on a stretcher to end the show. Yeah. 
Certainly you needed uh, something that big in order to, you know, draw the kind of uh, similarities between Brian and Shane to warrant a match to come back. Um, great angle. I really enjoyed it. Um, I do feel like you could have played with some of those expectations a, a little bit. Because now I'm expecting this match to be crazy. I'm expecting a full-on Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania. You've you've done a lot of violence in these two back-to-back angles with Shane and Brian, and yeah, you've got to I guess set up the match by next week. I mean, we are definitely at crunch time here with with two episodes to go. Two weeks uh, is plenty. I think this is going to be. It, it's already set for angle. some people. This is going to be the most anticipated match. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you have the expectation of uh, Daniel Bryan and a Shane stunt mm-hmm. and whatever Owens and Zayn are going to come up with um Mm -hmm. this is a big match this is a really big match for wrestlemania brian's return is to me 1a 1b with ronda rousey in terms of the biggest interest for this year's mania like this feels Mm -hmm. like a bigger show now yes it does yeah so that was the daniel bryan show on tuesday night and mixed match challenge time a rarity for me way to watch no braun Strowman and alexa bliss team little big against Asuka and The Miz. Mm-hmm. And we had some promos beforehand, including Braun informing them that him and Alexa are going all the way. Yeah, they're still flirting. And uh, Asuka and Miz, their little in- interaction involves The Miz mistranslating Asuka, saying, this is my streak, but careful with my streak, to saying, oh, our streak? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, our streak is, is going to be totally fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Early on, um, we did get quite a decent amount of interaction of the women attacking the guys on in this match. We had Asuka break up a pinfall attempt by Braun. We also had yeah. Alexa drop kicking uh, the Miz through the ropes at one point. Think about that, okay? Asuka, so so we get a big clubbing forearm from Braun onto the Miz, and Braun goes for a pinfall, and then Asuka is able to. Break up Braun Strowman's pinfall. Of course. Braun Strowman, who has lifted semi-trucks and has survived garbage compaction, is 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 distracted enough to let go of a pinfall because of Asuka. Maybe it was a sensitive area he was hit. Yeah, sure. There was a hip attack that sent Alexa off the apron into Braun's arms. Yeah, they did that again. And they yeah. stared lovingly into one another's eyes. Mm-hmm. Miz takes out Braun's knee. He no-sells the it kicks, goes to the floor, and misses, run into the barricade. Um, There's another spot where Alexa calls Braun over and grabs him by the beard and teases kissing him. Asuka delivered a hip attack to Alexa, and Michael Cole noted that Asuka's on fire. Uh, it was Beth Phoenix that noted this, as opposed to... Alexa being on fire. Yes. Just to differentiate. Yes. Alexa, this is when she drop-kicked Miz through the uh, ropes on the floor. And then my favorite moment was Braun Strowman sprinting. I thought we were watching this on two times the speed. Mm-hmm. He darted around this ring and pummeled Miz through the barricade. This was the must-see spot of this match. Yeah, it was. He a... was so fast. Which they repaired by the time the uh, 205 Live match They're quick. Happened. Yeah. yeah. They're like the... Um, uh, the guys who like replace the bases during a baseball game. Oh, okay. Is that the fifth yeah. inning? Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know. Don't ask us about other sports. Alexa gets some near falls on Asuka. 
Cole was calling this like the streak was about to end, and then a DDT is countered into the Oscar lock, and Alexa tapped out. The fact that they made the streak such a, uh, I guess, um, important part of these matches now for Asuka and The Miz kind of telegraphs a lot of these finishes and almost telegraphs the end of this tournament because there's no way Asuka is losing her streak in the mixed match challenge. Uh, but that's it. It does make for some pretty fun near falls. You know, they make a bigger deal almost out of the streak in these matches than they do on, in Asuka's solo singles matches on, on Raw. So, uh, the match was what it was. It was, it was whatever. Another kind of house show type of match. The crowd is very quiet here. Um, and I was surprised because I would say Braun and Alexa are probably two of the more popular stars. And Asuka are probably... All these stars on their own are probably they probably get bigger reactions for some reason than they would here. And maybe that's the time uh, of, of the match, you know, having having occurred after SmackDown. Or maybe just the, the idea that the Mixed Match Challenge everybody knows has no real impact on what they'll watch afterwards. Uh, and then it ended with the fan vote of which eliminated team gets to return to take on Bobby Roode and Charlotte next week. And the voting ended with Finn Balor and Sasha Banks being chosen. Mm-hmm. So they will take on Rude and Charlotte next week. And I think it's it's kind of interesting because I don't know if you want to have Rude and Charlotte go to the finals where I think the only finish possible is Asuka yeah. beating Charlotte. Completely. I guess, I, I mean, I guess you could do... Rude. You could do yeah, Rude. Yeah, you could actually... And The use... Miz, but that's... It's kind of awkward having the Miz beat. Eh, it's not that awkward. No, but. I mean, they could do it somehow, but you can use it as a way to promote Asuka and Charlotte by having them kind of interact. But I could also see them giving it to Sasha and Balor. And you have Finn and the Miz, which yes, they're having right. their own that match at WrestleMania. Makes, that maybe that's the safer bet, and you can have Balor. Uh, well, you'd have to have Miz beat Balor because Asuka's team has to win. I think there's no way around that. Mm-hmm. 205 Live was our final program of the night. Started off with Lince Dorado and Hideo Itami. And early on, Lince hit a tornillo to the floor. And then he goes onto the desk doing a, the Lucha celebration while Kalista was on the shoulders of Grand Metalik doing the same. Fun visual. Very excited. Itami yeah. starts smacking him around. They traded slaps. Dorado did a handspring and just got drilled with a lariat. Itami and Metalik argue on the floor. Itami shoved. Grand Metalik, and sent him into the apron, back first. It was the other way around, wasn't it? I think, I think, I think... Sorry, what did I say? Atami shoved Metalik. Metalik shoved Atami, didn't he? It was because Metalik shoved Atami that the match was... Oh, that's right. The shoving started with Atami, and then Metalik shoved... They were shoving each other. Who cares? The DQ was called. Yeah. Yeah, so... This feud continues between the Lucha House Party and Itami and uh, Tazawa. Itami is working now as a total heel in these matches, mm-hmm. and it's Tazawa who He was has pissed to... these uh, fans were booing him. Well, his, at least he's de- de- developing some semblance of a character, and I think that character is that he's a hothead who demands respect, and it's Akira Tazawa who has to hold him back and try to calm him down all the time. Uh, so, you know, the... I think both guys did a good job here. I think Atami is better with this mean streak attached to him. But I was actually more impressed by Dorado, as usual. You know, I think the guy is just, like, incredibly underrated when it comes to 205 Live. Um, but in the end, it's it's just a match that the audience is forced to sit through. Feature on Drew Gulak. 
And then Cedric Alexander did a sit down. He called last week the greatest moment of his career, and he will compete on the biggest stage in the world. The WrestleMania. The biggest stage in the world. This trumps everything. Well, everything. In professional wrestling, though. Olympics, Super Bowl. We're talking about professional wrestling. Academy Awards. No, this is just the biggest stage, period. What is any the... any endeavor that involves a stage, WrestleMania trumps. Oh my god. Then bigger return than Daniel Bryan. It was a TJP promo. He doesn't care who wins the tournament. Cedric, Ali, Gulak, Santa Claus, Kermit the Frog. He doesn't care because he is the original TJP. Eyebrows raised. TJP then took on Kenneth Johnson, a veteran of the CWC. Mm, I didn't realize. This was the uh, performer who had the speech impediment that was encouraged uh, by William Regal. And uh, it was a nice backstory that they had in the the opening round with Kenneth Johnson here. And great outfit, by the way. Yeah. Accentuated his height, I thought. It looked a little goofy. I liked it. But I thought it, it he kind of got the audience on his side. Almost like in an ironic way, you know. We got some offense here too, and TJP yeah. wasn't all one-sided. Well, I mean, this was very different from his CWC match, I'll say. Well, TJP missed him in the corner, and Kenneth hit this mid-air somersault dive off the ropes. And then had his knee drop kicked out from under him. TJP attacked the knee, hit a dragon screw, detonation kick, and knee bar for the win in 240. Um, maybe watching some Zack Sabre Jr. over the past week. Um, the knee bar? He does the knee bar? I know, I know. I'm just joking around. Oh, my God. By the way, is that tonight? New it's, Japan Cup it, final? It starts in 90 minutes. Oh, you could stay over. We could watch it. I'm exhausted, Way. Oh, my God. Come on. Um, sometimes, like, I know, like... With 205 Live, they have to fill, like, a certain amount of content time. But, man, imagine if you're there live. You just sat through Daniel Bryan's return, okay? Um, the man whatever. was stretchered out. Braun Strowman, all this stuff. And now you're forced to sit through TJP versus Kenneth Johnson. There's something wrong with that. I, I've, I mean, do we really need this match on 205 Live? Listen, I think 205 Live would be fine if it was... You know, a bunch of promos, and it's it was the one match yes. with Ali and uh, Gulak. Yeah, I know. Do some promos, make it feel big. You can you can stretch it out to be a half hour. I don't know why this needs to be an hour. I don't know either. I have no idea. It's not full an hour. It's probably like forty five minutes. But I would be perfectly satisfied if it was just this Mustafa Ali match at the end of it. And I think you're going to run that risk that once this tournament is over, yeah. And you go back to matches with small consequences, if any. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to revert back. And let's be honest. like I think that there's a lot of goodwill for 205 Live at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's not as though this thing has turned the corner no. in a massive way. No. Um, no. There have been spurts. There have been high points over the past six, seven weeks. But this is still a show that is a distant non-priority, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Then we had Mustafa Ali in his feature. This was really good. He talked about being a former police officer in Chicago where he was an activist but wanted to actually do something uh, to help enact some change and change people's minds when they see someone's name like a Mustafa Ali to not uh, boo someone with a name like that and essentially eliminate, you know, unfair prejudice that's mm-hmm. out there. It was a good engaging video for Mustafa Ali as usual. He's been certainly a, a standout in this whole tournament. Um, 
I'm a little disappointed that we didn't find out who the guy in the alley was from last week. Maybe that was someone who was very prejudiced and yeah. has learned from Ollie's teachings. Drake Maverick announces a fatal four-way for next week with Akira Tozawa, Kalisto, TJP, and Buddy Murphy. Yeah, he was upset at the cruiserweights losing their cool and ruining Atami versus uh, Lince Dorado. So he's punishing them and rewarding the people who were breaking it up in uh, Tozawa and Kalisto and for some re- other reasons, Buddy Murphy and TJP. This will show them. <laughs> Drew Gulak versus Mustafa Ali, our semifinal match, second semifinal match. Start off with Ali. He leapt off the turnbuckle and landed on Gulak's shoulders and was hit with an electric chair. And they showed this replay of Gulak hitting this elbow to the jaw of Ali that looked fun. Ali hit a somersault into a face buster and then was sent into the turnbuckle. And Gulak goes for the dragon sleeper, then lets go, hits a discus lariat. Ali catches him with the Koji clutch and they get underneath the rope. Ali goes for a somersault dive off the top to the floor. Crowd was chanting for Ali here. He got knocked off the top to the floor to stop the inverted 450. And Gulak tossed him into the barricade. They fought by the announcer's desk. The desk gets cleared by Ali. And Gulak then back body drops him off the desk to the floor. And there was a giant thud Mm -hmm. with Ali hitting the floor. He makes it back at the count of nine. And... Then Gulak grabs him, throws him into the timekeeper's area. Oh, this was where he broke the count of nine. It was after being tossed into there. Gulak applies the dragon sleeper. Ali holds onto the rope, lifts, hits a tornado DDT, and then hits the 054, the inverted 450, and pins Gulak at 15 minutes and 10 seconds. And he's going to WrestleMania to face Cedric Alexander. I thought it was a good match, as as these main events usually are on 205 Live and over the course of this tournament. Um, these two really took up the intensity, in particular for the last uh, half or so, with a lot of stuff on the floor. Gulak, in particular, I would say, uh, really trying to show a bit of a meaner side to his character. Um, I think the crowd was really behind Ali. You know, I think those promos have done a lot for yes. him. They've really kind of show, showcased his character in a way that he never got to show um, probably over the, the course of the entire past year that he's been, been on 205 Live. So um, I think the, the finals are interesting to me as somebody who's been following 205 Live over the past year. I am concerned at how interesting it would be to the audience at large who will be watching this match on the kickoff. But uh, I think it's a good reward for these guys for toughing out the shitty, shitty months of being a part of the 205 Live. And it should be a good match, I think, yeah. regardless of kind of what the atmosphere is like at WrestleMania for this match. I think that, you know, these guys are going to go out to try to have the greatest match of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think being on the kickoff, they'll at least, get, it's not going to be rushed. Mm-hmm. I think they will get 12, 13 minutes. Mm-hmm. And something else I hope to see is that we have Vic and Nigel calling that match because right. I, I feel like those two have actually been very good mm-hmm. in this tournament. In particular, Vic, who I didn't really know anything about, uh, but over the course of this tournament, he's shown to be a very competent and serious play-by-play guy. Former he, voice of House of Hardcore. Okay. Well, he, d- he does a great job here. Uh, good energy, really able to get the importance of this match across despite the atmosphere. So I hope those two, I mean, I think it'd be great for Nigel to just walk down that ramp and, and you know, get the call a match. So uh, we have that to look forward to if you're a 205 Live fan. Okay, so feedback. I cannot access our forum okay. here on my phone 
Oh, However, I can't either because I don't have the internet in my house. We did not think this uh, through. I've got a few <laughs> do here. You have, don't you have 3G? I do, but it's it's not loading. Oh my god! All right, I'm gonna turn this off. Let me see if I can. I have some of them here. Okay. Um, that have been emailed <laughs> through me. Um, let me see if I can access it. This is a. Email to you. People email you like. Well, no, they automatically get sent to me when I create a thread. I got it. I got it. But I don't have all. I got it, John. I got it. Okay. Okay, we could share this. All right. So first, uh, we got some results here. Oh my God! Wow. What do you think of the rating for tonight's SmackDown? I think. I feel it will hit. Two point nine million. I could see it hitting three. Okay. Well, I was more so talking about the rating that our post wrestling cafe oh. members voted I, this out of ten. Oh God, I'm gonna say this is probably the highest ever. This is gonna be a nine. Well, come on, that's nothing's ever that high. It was a seven point eight three, which probably is the highest rated. That's Raw probably or the highest now. our our fan base has ever voted a show. Ah, wow. Okay, so we know how to get to this fan base. Ratings draw Daniel Bryan on the post wrestling forum. Delay a beloved wrestler from uh, wrestling for two years and bring him back, and you'll score at least. But that's not even good enough for an eight. Seven point. <laughs> Let's not get out of control yeah. here. Okay, we got a Terry from Colorado who says, Talk about going through an emotional ringer tonight. The promo to start the show gave me goosebumps and almost brought a tear to my eye. Nights like these that make you happy are what make you happy to be a wrestling fan. Saying that, I'm very happy to see Daniel Bryan back, but I can't help but cringe every hit he takes. Can't wait to see him back in action, though. Given the matches that are announced and the ones that they still have yet to announce, do you see anything taking the main event from Brock versus Roman? I don't think it's a given that that's... The match you would put on last, I I feel very strongly of putting Styles and Nakamura on last. Yeah. Uh, no would... no chance that Brian Brian's match goes on last, right? Are we I wouldn't say so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think either. that's a middle of the card match. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really like you've got a lot of big matches that can mm-hmm. go in the middle. Like Cena and Undertaker. Yep, that's not getting ten minutes. Yep, that's getting like twenty five. Mm-hmm. You would assume this match I think has to get twenty. Um, this card is going to get filled up really quickly, yeah. and. You're probably gonna have to cut down some of the other matches as well because, like, think of all the entrances alone. Sure. If the ramp is that big, oh, could you imagine? Yeah. Um, they need to like carve like a road to WrestleMania. Like that should be. How have they never made that the ramp? Like a road. No. <laughs> I mean, you hear it ad yeah, nauseum. Sure. You can. Okay, next one here. First time ever getting a chance to post feedback. I usually don't get to watch the show live, and honestly, just you. Okay. Uh, it feels like a show with standard, boring, traditional storylines. This is just like the state of SmackDown. Um, it was an overall entertaining show, if not just because the Daniel Bryan story tonight was extremely well done. Okay, I'm going to read another one here. My God, I love SmackDown. Great show. Storytelling how it's supposed to be. Raw could use some hints. So you have a triple threat for your mid-card titles on both brands. Raw has the better wrestlers in the match, but I'm more invested in three guys on SmackDown who convey how much they want this title. I don't even think Finn has shown any interest in wanting the IC title, and it just seems like something for Seth to do. Ginger, Randy, and Bobby all have shown over the last couple of weeks that they want the title. It's just interesting to see those two mid-card matches side by side. Love the last segment. One question. With all of these women coming up, many of which are tough to watch in singles matches, however they are enjoyable in these tag matches, do you think they will make a tag division for the women? Well, that's kind of been discussed. That that's seems to be... It's just one too many belts, I would say. Um, the women's rosters are big, but they're not that large compared to the men. Right, 
I mean, but I, I mean, I can't, I can't certainly see it happening. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not dying to see two sets of more titles. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say a tag team titles more so than like a secondary women's title. Yes. Um, yeah. Why not? Why not? I, I think that the. Yeah, I've gone over it. I, I would like to see some titles just uh, unified. We got a Ken who says, "Amazing getting a chance to see Brian back. He absolutely did not fuck around with the bumps he was taking. I like the Nakamura match, even if it seemed kind of superfluous. But who the hell cares? Because my boy's back, and I'm really excited." <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> I love it. Dave from Hamilton. Today's. Today has been a solid week for wrestling and WWE in general. Today has been a solid week. <laughs> Feels like it. it's been a long one. First, we get the ultimate deletion, something I didn't know I wanted, but I'm happy I got. Then the news from WWE, Daniel Bryan has been cleared. Overall, SmackDown was a decent show. Bryan received an amazing pop when he made the announcement he was back. I think he did a solid job building hype for a WrestleMania return. The Nakamura-Rusev match was fine, but I didn't understand why AJ had to be ringside and not on commentary. Charlotte and Natalia was interesting, but I don't think they can keep this angle going with Carmella bumbling through cash and attempts Two is enough. Goes on to say, Owen, Zayn, and Brian were excellent. I didn't expect to see Brian take a bump hours after announcing his return, but it was a great show and had me cheering for Brian. Shout out to Owens and his meltdown. It was so believable, and I felt like he was going scorched earth on everyone. Okay, we got a D from PTBO. This is the first SmackDown I've watched I've watched start to finish in months, and it was worth it. They may well as make D, Brian, Shane versus Owens, and Zayn the main event of WrestleMania because there isn't anything topping the reaction that will have 10 doctor's clearances out of 10. Wow. This is like, I feel like it's like Christmas for, for all of our post wrestling cafe members. Watching that Daniel Bryan promo to start SmackDown was the happiest I've been to watch wrestling in years. <laughs> He's the epitome of a true baby face, his tone, his delivery, the emotion. So many of the superstars today could deliver a promo that had all the same lines as this one and it would fall completely flat. But Bryan almost brought a tear to my eye. This whole night is going to be a love letter to these, Daniel Bryan. These reactions are exactly the types of reactions that I think we all used to have as kids whenever a Hulk Hogan or a Bret Hart or a John Cena would win a big championship. Except now, I guess, we're adults and we can vocalize it a bit better. It says the sequence with AJ and Nakamura was pretty good. It's good to see them really starting to build Nakamura up like a legitimate badass, but it's unfortunate it had to come at the hands of Rusev. They finally brought all of the story together that had been building for the past few months. Daniel saw himself and Sammy and Kevin and was in their corner, but when they finally got what they wanted, this whole time they went too far by brutalizing Shane. The physicality in the final segment completely caught me off guard, but was fantastic. Daniel didn't look like he's lost a step with his corner drop kicks. Then to immediately take the bump he did on the apron was incredibly scary to see, but really turns up the heat about as high as it could go on Sammy and Kevin, who were absolutely amazing in this last segment as well. Gives this show a 10 out of 10. We got Sam who says, "What a day! Daniel Bryan was cleared. Charlotte versus Natalia was a great match. That fa- and that false cash in was a good story. I'm expecting it to be Daniel and Shane versus Sammy and Kevin, but should be more than just a tag team match. Do you see? Do you think Paige could be cleared next? Completely different injury. We, we that we don't even know the full. Yeah, full <laughs> one person's diagnosis does not uh, I mean, just permeate to others. Paige did tweet though, make reference to how it's very inspiring to see somebody with a career-threatening injury come back. 
Brandon from Oshawa, it's sad, but I have zero interest anymore in the Styles Nakamura feud. I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week. The WWE does not know how to properly build a rivalry between two faces. These two guys do not need to be throwing, be having throwaway matches on a weekly basis. There's so much story to be told with these two, so much history these guys have on their way to this big-time WrestleMania match, and I guarantee you, half, if not more, of their audience has any idea of it. I did love the closing angle. You could tell it. You could tell with about six minutes left where it was leading, and that's exactly why Kevin Owens is the best that WWE has. From in-ring to on the mic and now here, just his facial expression and his hands clenching, it was excellent work and the beatdown was great. I think it would have been even better if we didn't know Brian was cleared, but I'll accept this as it was very well done by all involved. Yeah, the Styles-Nakamura feud, I mean, is is very much something that relies on history and that history can't necessarily be explained through their live week-to-week interactions. It's something that requires pre-produced I want Chris packages. Charlton next week on SmackDown <laughs> as a talking head. Yes. Chris who's doing an AMA after a Strong Style Evolved. Very cool. Yeah. yeah on go, Reddit. Go check that out. Eggshells. We got a Chris from Florida. Incredible promo to start the show. Maybe one of the best I've seen in a decade. And really, it's all because the promo was real. We watch the Cena promos, which he delivers with equal intensity, and there's no real emotion behind it. I think you can say the same about some of the great promos from New Japan. The promos that keep it real and aren't just lines being spouted out are key to making a memorable promo. If we care, especially for the Babyface's promo, then the promo has succeeded. I like Nakamura's promo. It was short and simple, but it was amusing to see him telling AJ to have a little confidence in himself. Great match with Natty and Charlotte. I didn't love the ending, but I expected it. At the end, equally incredible closing segment with Daniel Bryan to close the show. He seemed to not really be holding back at all, and his babyface promo from earlier served to put over Owens and Zayn as mega heels. They had nuclear heat by the end. That is what incredible... that is what a credible babyface brings you. One of the best SmackDown shows I've seen in a long time. Welcome back, Daniel Bryan. All right. Uh, next show, uh, here from Rob. Best show in a long time. Amazing promo by Bryan. Incredible what an honest speech can do. I loved when he looked into the camera to address the fans. Yeah, that was a nice subtle thing he did, looking straight into the camera, addressing the audience at home. The reaction Brian received showed both how enormously over he is, but also by contrast how few stars WWE currently has. I don't remember reactions like that in years. WrestleMania is shaping up really well with some great hype. Why can't the whole year be this good? I also enjoyed the Natty Charlotte match. Carmella tease was just to get the audience to remember her briefcase. I believe she'll use it on Raw post-mania. We go to uh, our next piece of feedback who says, I have to say when I found out Daniel Bryan was cleared, I yelled out loud. I enjoyed the show as I'm watching. I enjoyed the show I'm still watching as I always watch a little late. I love the passion from the Usos and I like the Bludgeon Brothers. Still kind of shocked on that statement. I can't believe they let Bryan get that crazy that quick. I really can't wait for WrestleMania. It's shaping up to be pretty awesome. What is going to happen with Bryan in your opinion? Well... Looks like he's going to wrestle. Do you, after seeing how he wrestled tonight, do you, or at least did, did all he did tonight, does that change your mind about what type of schedule he might go on to have? Not, I think, like, we're just purely guessing. Yeah. I could really see the approach being very similar to Shawn Michaels, where it was a few matches that gradually increases mm-hmm. into many more Right. I don't know if we'll see this guy doing house shows. And I don't yeah. know if I would do that. Yeah, and if you're Daniel Bryan, I mean, you have, if you have a kid at home, I think you're... Why would you want to, really? Um, 
like have your appearances. Every match going forward from now on for Daniel Bryan should be special. Yes, because I don't, don't think he should be doing six minute matches with Luke Harper on SmackDown. Mm. Uh, it should be. He's past the point of being just another guy. Mm. Um, I he, think he should be a big deal. If there's somebody to give like a Brock Lesnar level of schedule to that I purposely want to give a Brock Lesnar level of schedule to, it might be Daniel Bryan because I think he's that type of a draw now. Somebody who every time he wrestles, I think should feel special. Yeah. And I mean, not the same comparison, but they've like, they, that's how they presented Shane. Yeah, sure. Like they don't have him go out for just no reason. Mm -hmm. There's a reason behind it, but watching tonight, like this was the most over baby face they have Mm -hmm. that, um, this guy having another title run, I, I think, you know, if his health holds up, I, I think the sky is the limit of the, where, where but, they will go with but him. But then you have the question about the schedule, though, the title run. And he's not the type of, like, Brock Lesnar, once-in-a-while type of performer. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be an evolving process. And yeah. they may not even know mm-hmm. at this point, beyond WrestleMania, what the plans will be. Tyler from Orlando, the opening promo with Daniel Bryan was real and emotional. I'm surprised at how many bumps he ended up taking at the end. I'm a little worried the SmackDown tag title match has not been made official. Maybe they are trying to work out the times for the matches before they do. I really want the Usos to be on the card for the first time. Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander will be fantastic. I hope it kicks off the main show instead of one of the kickoff spots. I feel that is the best spot to showcase a division you are trying to revive and legitimize. Okay, we go to Cheesecake Doctor, who says, Long-time listener, first-time poster. After all the feedback about SmackDown, I'll focus on 205 Live. Mustafa Ali is possibly one of the best baby faces in the WWE right now. After watching so many heatless 205 Live matches, hearing the crowd rally behind him with chants was amazing. The final sequence was a bit quick, but the near-count-out spot before was one of the best I've seen. Also, credit is due to Drew Gulak. He was the perfect opponent for him and helped Ali shine. Can't wait for the WrestleMania match, and hopefully they can keep up Ali's heat. All right, we're just winding down here. Uh, Joe Carter. SmackDown was terrible this week. Besides the first 15 minutes, everything else was pretty forgettable. Mixed Match Challenge was fantastic. 205 Live was fantastic as well. The main event went a little long, but the match is very entertaining. I could see this title match ending up on the main card of WrestleMania to help build more credibility to the 205 Live brand. All right, pretty short and to the point. And final one. Finally, Mario from Takate. Great episode of SmackDown. The tag team program continues to be strong. Charlotte versus Natalia was good. And nice reminder that Carmella is still around. And with all the Daniel Bryan stuff, it was an excellent promo. Okay. And all the Daniel Bryan stuff was excellent from promo to beatdown. I think it was a great and almost necessary in hindsight that Bryan got physical to avoid the speculation that some people had that he was going to do a no bumps match or anything like that. The 205 Live main event was my favorite match of the tournament so far. For a guy that was a replacement in the CWC, Mustafa Ali is doing great. I want to see him win at WrestleMania. All right. That's the end of our show, but no shortage of content coming your way later on this week wednesday night it's the return of the british wrestling experience ollie court and benno they're going to be joined by striga to go over their live viewing of the wxw 16 karat gold tournament from two weeks ago uh that's coming up wednesday night and you can subscribe to british wrestling experience all the subscribe info is available at postwrestling.com on one of the very convenient buttons buttons 
at the top. Oh, yes, yes. Hit mean, subscribe and, menu. and you can yes. subscribe strictly to British Wrestling Experience and all of our shows. Uh, Thursday, we've got two shows coming your way. It is the debut of Up Next with Braden Harrington and bartender Dave bringing you up to speed on NXT. And myself and WH Park, we are also going to have a show Thursday where we will chat the New Japan Cup finals, which start uh, just over an hour from now with Zack Sabre Jr. against Hiroshi Tanahashi. And we should have a much better indication of what is going down Sunday at Strong Style Evolved. And just a reminder, Up Next is available now on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and RSS. Uh, Just search for UPNXT, Up Next. Friday, we've got a Patreon bonus show, which you can sign up for at postwrestlingcafe.com. We'll be joined by Jay Hunter from OSW Review to chat about the Coliseum home video release, Smack'em Whack'em, hosted by the Bushwhackers, featuring an hour of Bret Hart matches, including a ladder match with Shawn Michaels, a title match with Ric Flair in Saskatoon, and Bret Hart versus Kamala. That's the one I'm there for. That's the one we're going to put an extra emphasis on. And then we round out the week Sunday night with Wei Ting and myself presenting a free show reviewing New Japan's Card from Long Beach, Strong Style Evolved, which has a skeleton card at the moment, but... I think, nonetheless, should be a pretty good show. You've got the Young Bucks against Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Tentatively, we've got Rey Mysterio against mm-hmm. Jushin Thunder Liger. Nothing to the contrary. And Hangman Page challenging Jay White for the IC title. Do you think for the U.S. title. Do you think we see any Chris Jericho involvement? I'll say no. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Do you think we Do you think we see any Dan Lebransky involvement? Possible. Yeah. You never know. Oh, imagine Jericho and Dan Lavransky in Long Beach together. Yeah. Could you imagine? Revenge for the list. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a bigger feud than Naito. Mm-hmm. All righty. Wilson Gobernable de Lavransky. No, no, <laughs> it doesn't work. Okay, that's it. Uh, postwrestling.com, postwrestlingcafe.com. Uh, go check out Rewind to Raw. We had a breaking news show on Tuesday, roundtable show. What more could you ask for? <laughs>